the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 111, Secret of Gold. Stashed in crates and barrels and chests were tens of thousands of coins. The King's Gold. Despite the horror that had preceded this discovery, the dwarves and the gnomes especially could not help but risk a smile, for there was something deep in their blood that responded with delight and fundamental joy at the finding of all things precious from deep within the earth. Hand to hand, they tended to the hoard. Swiftly, yes, but taking their moments to admire it, the tattooed dwarf named Marx was taking such a moment, using a custom lens to inspect the pieces, vocally expressing his interest as he held several gold crowns in the palm of his hand. He called over Thora, the blonde braided dwarven woman, and she regarded him as he spoke, her hopes rising that something incredible had just been discovered. See here, said Marx, and the other dwarves came near, and the elves and the gnomes came too. This coin is dwarven forged. You can tell by the design on it, by the refined finish of it, and the symbol. This coin bears a hammer, and it is the legend called Fearfell. On the reverse is a dwarf in profile. If the forehead doesn't give him away, then the inscription does. These are dwarvish runes, and the man portrayed here is Unther, our ancestral king, minted upon the coin as he would have appeared in his prime. Proud and strong, the savior of our people in the Iron Realm. This is an interesting find, and a good omen said Stockholm to his elder, taking some of the coins for his interest and inspection. More than that, said Marx, the greater share of this treasure is minted in the dwarven manor, and the fist of Unther wasn't found far away. I've collected my share of dwarven coins in my day, but most times I've found only a few of them, here or there. Minted in this clarity, these pieces are rather rare and hard to come by. And yet there are thousands to be found in this place. I can't call that a coincidence. If we've not already happened into Kinshearth, then I don't expect it can be far from here. As the moment passed by, the men and the women went to load their sacks and backpacks as it was possible to do, taking thousands of coins onto each of them while planning forward their escape through the teleport crystal as they worked. With this advantage, with this wealth now recovered, the tide of the dungeon war might yet be turned to the advantage of the good races. And as they worked, it was as if the spirits of the ancient dwarves were there with them, and Unther foremost among them, having risen to be their savior in the maze once again, in opposition to the goblin invaders who had so long ago come into their realm and seized all of it for themselves.
I greet you, allies in the maze, for it is I, Abelenzo, joining you once more at the edge of a kingly horde that we have just now discovered. Coins and precious things, these we take unto ourselves in hopes that something bright may come from the greedy and evil ambitions of the Goblin Tribe. We have come a long way since the slave pits of the Goblin King. And tonight, we take stock of the new abilities and powers so gained. Many level ups for the tribe shall be detailed to you. And when this is done, though we cannot tarry long, the next step is ahead. Is it possible, my friends, is it possible to flee back to the teleport crystal? and to the safety of Thessalandia, the gnomish homeland, that hidden realm. Take a moment, my allies. Take a moment to enjoy the victory that we have earned. For in a short while only, every one of us must plunge ourselves again back into the dangerous tunnels and caves of Gamma One. Level up. Polyander, leader of the gnomes, your level up is upon you as you take character level two in the depths of the goblin realm. Stat advancement for the gnome. Strength, a two, dexterity, a six, and dexterity again, a two. His dexterity has risen to an 11. Let us see about charisma, constitution, a four, and charisma, a two, Hollyander's intelligence, a four, and wisdom. A 10. I'm raising his max life points to a 16, and his stats now stand as follow. Strength 9, Dexterity 11, Constitution 11, Charisma 13, Intelligence 10, and Wisdom 10. But this is not the end of it. For a new spell of spell level 1 has descended upon him. The spell is called What Are You? To soon be at Hollyander's command when he next has a chance to record it in his spellbook. Smallbeard, you've done well to bring your others this far. May your wily savvy protect them if this is at all possible and allow all your friends to avoid the ultimate fate, if only they may. The Iron Realm, copyright Abel Enzo, is an original 
dark fantasy delve into the eternal maze at the end of time. A portion of tonight's female voice performance has been provided by Gwenifuri of freesound.org, whose audio has been used with permission. Consult this episode's show notes at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com for full details. Gwenifuri, I give my gratitude for that which you have offered. Indeed, your passion and your presence will always be honored throughout the countless corners of the Iron Realm. Secrets of the Maze Master, Maze Master, Maze Master. What follows is one of a seven-part series for the Map Master, in which I will describe for you a new strategy for laying down maps in the Endless Realm. The strategy involves placing tiles down upon your sheet of Map Master's graph paper. And in so placing these, you'll ultimately reveal every secret of the Gnomish Homeland Beta 1. Part 1. A description of tiles and the beginnings of Beta 1. So follow along with me, Mapmaster, if you will. I require of you this. You will need two times Mapmaster's graph paper in order to learn this skill and to complete this exercise. In former segments, we've described six common mapping shapes that may be laid down together in order to form a maze, and indeed this was done with Alpha One. But to my mind, there is a quicker way, perhaps a better way. And instead of six common shapes, I'll be describing instead for you six possible tiles. Detail each of these on the first of your sheets, which I ask you to refer to as Tile Set 1. This first page is not strictly a map, rather more of a reference to be used by you. So divide it, if you like, into six equal sections, and in each of these sections you will draw one of the possible tiles. Mention in the notes below that this is indeed tile set one. And for each of the six spaces that you have drawn, number these one through six, perhaps putting the numeral in the upper left corner of each section. The tiles to be given are each seven by seven. So in tile number one, indicate a seven by seven square, though I recommend indicating it with dotted lines. Perhaps even in pencil, if you like, for these dotted lines may be erased at a later time. So tonight we detail the first tile, tile one, at the center of your seven by seven square. Draw there a crossroads. To the east and the west, extend the crossroads by two more squares, which will bring it flush with the eastern and western sides of the box that you have drawn. These are left open, 
and we're going to do something similar as the crossroads extends to the north and south as well. Let's extend the crossroads to the north. One square, and on that square, put a door in the eastern and western wall, then extend the crossroads, yet one more square to the north, where it becomes flush with the northernmost edge of the tie leaf drawn. This is left open as well, but repeat the same maneuver as you extend the crossroads to the south. On the first square past the south, there's a door on the eastern and western wall. On the second square down, the crossroads is flush with the southernmost edge of the box, and so all four ways remain open. Finish your tile by closing off the northeast, northwest, southeast, and southwest corners to create four three-by-three three rooms, one in each corner. In other words, four small squares. But the rooms are not strictly squares, rather circular, so indicate them like this. Inscribe a circle in the northwestern square. Make sure that the easternmost curve of the circle intersects with the door, and I recommend making the circle as big as you possibly can while still staying inside the 3x3 three three square. Do this three more times, creating a circle in each of the four 3x3 three three squares with the circle made as large as you can whilst still intersecting the door. And you can finish up by coloring the space outside of the circle, but inside the 3x3 three three square. This gives the idea that these circular rooms have been carved into the stone, and if you have any stray dotted lines that you made with a pencil before, you can erase them now. You have finished tile number one, and now having done this, let's draw the tile onto the second page. It actually goes into position 19 across, 14 down. That is to say, the upper left corner of tile number one fits precisely into that coordinate. Draw it in now using tile set one as a reference. And when you are finished, draw another such tile to the north of it, and yet another such tile to the south of it. And in this case, you'll notice that tiles are meant to connect at the very center of each of their sides. This will give you three total tiles at the center of beta one, each one drawn in the same style as entry number one of tile set one. By using tiles, it's easy to randomly generate a dungeon as I have here with each roll placing a more complex section and thereby fleshing out your dungeon quicker. That's all for this segment. Next time we meet, Map Master, I will describe a new entry under Tile Set 1 for you and talk to you more about some of the rules for placing these tiles when creating your own on-the-fly dungeon. Travelers of the Maze 
A new five-star podcast review comes from Utter Newbie. Compelling dark fantasy storytelling, an incredible captivating story, one characteristic that sets this apart from other OSR podcasts is that it's not afraid to tackle adult content. Don't listen with the kiddos in the car, for sure. It's a very deep and well-thought-out world with many different characters and tribes, groups of characters, with different motivations. The care and thought that has gone into this podcast and the author's passion for the subject matter is readily apparent. Well, utter newbie, I'm pleased that you have found and are enjoying the Iron Realm podcast. I thank you, sir, for the five-star review, for it is five-star reviews that allow the Iron Realm to catch the attention of ever more allies. And surely we need them, one and all, for the final battle that is fated to come. Thank you, Utter Newbie, for the five-star review. You are indeed a king among men. May your name be held as legend and echoed through every corner of the Iron Realm. The Eyes Vault Coming in September, friends and allies, your maze master has been hard at work for you with the creation of a new chapter of the Iron Realm Arena, the Moros. I offer a different contest for patrons to play each month. The Iron Realm Arena is an exclusive patron-only campaign. Collect the contests one at a time. Add them to your collection and play them all. Over time, you will glean the full story of Fate's Glory, a dramatic recreation of their time under the diabolical Lord of Eyes. Also in September, I am releasing a new work-in-progress edition of the Iron Realm Tribe Advancement and Maze Master's Guide version 0.8. I'm actually putting the finishing touches on it now, including new insights for the Unimate character type. With the ability to level your characters, there are greater things in reach now for your own character tribe. I'm dropping a bonus character sheet for Kiel and a hidden manuscript for Chapter 116, Patrons, and therefore Character 8, Glean Glimpses, of the future, and in this case, the far future, since 116 is a full five episodes ahead of the public release. Aside from this, patrons have the newly recorded pre-release of chapter 115 available to savor and receive. Blessed patrons will also find early releases for 111, 112, 113, and 114. Full finished episodes available to no one else on the planet. A milestone episode of the Iron Realm bonus cast drops as well. 
a series of tales are gifted upon you with new fiction written by honored, legendary power, John Merle Holes, and released to patrons for the very first time. Enjoy this new character rate roleplay from a true master of the realm. I thank you, Uglybug, and Lady Randa for your generous support on Patreon. Truly, your contributions have forwarded the work that you are soon to see in September, which I'm gladly looking forward to sharing with you. And my heartfelt thanks to John for the excellent tale you have given to us, plus a shout-out for the Iron Realm Spotlight you are shining at this month's PAX West event. There are great things coming for the Iron Realm in September, friends and allies. Your support here at Patreon means more than I can say. From the depths of the eternal maze, I salute you one and all. Iron Realm! Iron Realm! Iron Realm! Level up! Brevik, you are bound and you are trapped in the belly of the beast. But tonight you level up to character level 3 on tonight's Iron Realm. With the purple die at hand, let us see what it may do for Brevik. Having served Marks well, let us see if his younger comrade can fare as well. A roll for strength. A 5. And dexterity. A 1. Brevik's constitution, a four, his charisma, a four. Not getting any more attractive, are we, Brevik? Intelligence, a one, and his wisdom, a four. Bound and disgraced, it seems very little has come to Brevik as a result of this level up, but I am moving up his life points from an 18 to a 27, so I'll move his current life points up by 9 to 19 out of 27. Brevik, will you ever be freed from the goblin's secret spell? Will you never again know friend from ally from enemy again in the Iron Realm? A portion of tonight's female voice performance was drawn from audio originally created by and offered by Ashley Eddy through freesound.org under the Creative Commons Attribution License. Further information can be found at theironrealm.com or at theironrealm.blogspot.com under this episode's show notes. Legendary powers, secret paths, the twelfth path, stars. 
in a world with no sky, what can be more precious than the stars? Bring them to your Maze Master by visiting iTunes and leaving a five-star review for the Iron Realm Podcast. Doing so brings the adventure to ever more travelers, and with their courage and yours, the legend of the realm may yet continue. Give five stars on iTunes, and you may award yourself a full 100 ranks of renown for your epic achievement. I'll be looking for your review. I thank you for your mastery. Tribal Matters. It is the 13th day of Sicaris, 1.30 p.m. The tribe is holed up in the alcove, room 69 of Gamma 1, located at 3918-4323. They work as they may to acquire the treasure that is here that the Goblin King and his minions may lose this bargaining chip in negotiation with other factions for the war to come. The wounded are as follows. Paola, 12 out of 20. Brevik, 19 out of 27. Thora, 6 life points out of 9. And Holiander, 14 out of 16 life points. The available spells and abilities for the group are as follow. Kaylana has memorized two portions of Always Open, whilst Amazar has memorized three and Lilena one. Beyond this, Amazar has memorized Door Denial, and Len has held in reserve one instance of Hands of Healing. Twyla has Illumination, and Nim has Illumination as well. And Holiander has memorized the incantation required for the Gnomish Kingdom, Beta One. Then at last, Nora is in possession of the Silver Sword, which has one Hands of Healing effect remaining, though this is the last of the tribe's healing. During their brief time in the chamber, the tribe will have eaten and drunk, possessing afterwards 25 days of food and 5 days of water. The sounds of goblins outside have faded away, and although the tribe has earned some reprieve, they know that this is likely fleeting, so they hurry as they may to load the gold and the treasure into their backpacks and sacks, making ready as they may for the next stage, for the last stage of their plan. Those gnomes and those arcane review their roles to be executed at the teleport crystal. Incantations and spell commands must be given in the correct order and perfectly if there is any chance to open a way to Beta 1. Your incantation might not succeed, said Amazar wryly. For as you mentioned already, Holiander, your queen has likely locked the way. That's very true, says Holiander, with consideration. But as we've discussed already, the incantation will at least allow the crystal to make contact with Thessalandia, and I'm depending on your spell, always open, to enable the connection. Whether the incantation is able to work, 
or not. You need not worry about that, says Amazar confidently. So long as you gnomes do your part, you can trust in us to do ours. The map to Beta 1 is brought out again, having been surveyed several times, but now again once more, for the last leg of their run is ahead, with the next stop being the Gamma 1 Teleport Crystal. There won't be any time to review it later, so Hollyander and Mixman indicate the exact location, and indeed the wizard quickly points out that there are two, one of them in an antechamber called the Crystal Room, and a second on Beta 1 at the very center of their temple of Rhiannon. Ah, pray tell what have we here, says Amazar. It seems you gnomes have a second crystal. Oh, says Hollyander, I suppose there's no hiding it now. The second crystal at the Temple of Rhiannon is a secret meant only for us gnomes to know. But I see you've deciphered the scrawls on our map, and we have committed our friendship. So I suppose it's okay for you to know the truth. I should say so, says Amazar. I am rather perturbed that you did not point this out before. Teleportation, or so I've been told, is a dangerous business, my friend. If there is a second crystal so near, I demand to have every assurance that there will be no interference with our jump. No, no, it's not like that, says Hollyander. The crystal at the temple was a gift from our goddess. It doesn't directly connect to Gamma One or any of the other eight kingdoms. In fact, you can think of it as sort of a reflection of the first crystal. A back door, if you will, for the queen and Rhiannon's faithful to move back and forth discreetly from the public quarters of our kingdom to the queen's refuge and to the secluded regions of Beta One. They go back and forth for some time, discussing nuances, though in the end, the arcane receive the coordinates they need, and paired with the incantation to be provided by the gnomes, it seems possible now that they have everything they need in order to make the jump. While they're here, the dwarves make an interesting discovery too. The treasure seems to be predominantly dwarven, and they wax philosophical for a time, presuming that maybe, just perhaps, this was indeed Unther's gold, and they may have emerged unknowingly into one of the far corners of his own great kingdom. If that's true, says Stockholm, it means that the goblins are responsible for the fall of our people. And at this, the dwarves merely exchange dour glances, grumbling to themselves, but being satisfied, as they may, with the recovery of Unther's gold. As this goes on, the unicorn girls, and Len, and Tamek, pray where Hyren had last fallen. The Grumark had been right. He had told them exactly where to find Hyren, though he had not told them that the unicorn was dead. The girls considered this to be an evil deception, but they honor their father for the last time saying prayers for him, and on behalf of their mother and their sister, Sira, who were not fated to be beside them in this.
Temek sobs too, having been thoroughly disappointed, perhaps as much as the others, at the unicorn's death. It had been his inward hope that with the strength of the unicorn in their ranks, that it would be possible for them to return to the sanctuary of the dungeon wives and his beloved Kia and her sister Ri. Although now these hopes were thoroughly dashed, and he knew not when he might see his beloved Kia again. And then it has come, 140 at last, on the 13th day, the rogues return to the secret door of the hidden chamber, room 26, and they press their ears against it, signaling to the others that there is no sound from the other side, and ready to go at last, having returned to their marching order with their fellow Brevik bound. The secret door comes open yet again as they plan a quick run to the crystal room and hopefully an even quicker escape. But can what they hope for possibly come to pass? Or have the goblins with the cracked mirror already sent word to the king? And are his soldiers on the way? Tune in for the very next episode of the Iron Realm. Now overburdened with the gold that they have stolen from the Goblin King, they are moving slowly, oh so slowly, with the Goblin's men swiftly on the run.